Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Friday edition of the program and the IU season under the direction of Mike Woodson in year one has come to an end after a really disappointing performance last night against I think a very very quality St. Mary's ball club that will now move on to take on UCLA and in my bracket if I had to pick or could redo moving forward I think I'd have the Gales moving on over UCLA, who uh, survived a threat yesterday, one of the late games as well. But uh, all in all, I think uh, a good season. There definitely were some frustrating moments for fans. Shooting comes to mind, specifically three-point shooting. Uh, But we'll recap everything from last night. There's a lot to talk about. And today, as we recap uh, what happened last night, we can slowly – turn the page to what should be just really an interesting offseason. It's not just IU. Every college basketball program these days uh, is a busy, busy time these next few months. And it used to just be recruiting, and that would take you through to the summer. But uh, now you've got transfer portals and so many things that are moving, it seems, all the time in college basketball uh, that we know there are going to be lots of big roster decisions coming up, whether it's players deciding to go pro or at least test the waters or uh, leave the program or enter the program through the transfer portal. And obviously this coaching staff still really getting uh, the grasp down recruiting uh, Indiana, the Midwest, and, and really a great part of the country. So the season is over, but in one sense of the, of, of the word it is. And then on the other hand, we open a new season uh, for me, that begins Monday, I think, as we talk about this uh, ball club moving forward for next year. But a disappointing – I won't say a disappointing loss. I thought it would be a really tough game for IU. I think more so the final score is very disappointing, 82-53. It really was a blowout. Indiana's worst ever NCAA tournament loss. And uh, how the game uh, went in the second half specifically – Uh, in the defense that has really carried Indiana through to this point was just not the same uh, in that contest yesterday against St. Mary's. So we'll break it all down. But uh, a crazy day of college hoops, I guess we've kind of come to expect that this time of year. And I had a couple people say, really, uh, for IU fans, the loss may be a little easier to swallow because IU did win their first game, albeit a play-in game, earlier in the week, so that takes some of the sting out of getting to the tournament finally but not winning a game in the tournament. And the other thing that, you know, you don't want to call out other teams, but the other thing that I think probably helps the IU fan base get through today is Kentucky losing yesterday. Um, I thought the Wildcats would, at minimum, make a deep run into the tournament. I wasn't sure they were a, a Final Four ball club, but I did not see them getting beat 
yesterday the way they did by who they did in the first round. So really overall just a crazy day of basketball uh, with Kentucky going down. The other one yesterday that really surprised me was Iowa. Once again, the Big Ten, uh, for as good of conference as it's been the last few years specifically, and the number of teams that have gotten into the big dance once again this year, it was not really a good first day uh, yesterday for the conference overall. Michigan winning, um, a little bit of a surprise maybe to some, uh, but uh, so that was a good mark for the Big Ten, but so many others losing, including Iowa, uh, which is obviously they had been red hot. Uh, things seemed to be going their way. I had them picked to go far in my bracket, and I think a lot of other people did as well. So uh, March Madness is here. There's no question some big upsets, and I think today will be crazy and uh, hopefully a lot of fun as well. Nothing better, I don't think, than these first few days of the NCAA tournament, especially when Indiana's involved. I know that they got beat last night, but uh, it just seems to kind of draw everybody uh, even more into the madness when you've got Indiana and Purdue and Kentucky in. And, of course, today, as we speak now, Kenny Payne uh, across the river in Louisville being introduced as the new coach of UofL basketball. He will sure, I would think, add a big spark to that program this offseason. And, again, new guys coming in like Mike Woodson, and who just completed his first year, and Kenny Payne getting ready for his first year next fall, next winter, you can change programs a lot quicker than what you used to be able to because of recruiting and transfer portals. I mean, there's just movement so often that it no longer takes a two-, three-year period to start to get your guys in the lineup or on the roster. Uh, things move at just such a quicker pace these days when you're trying to build a program. So that's another interesting storyline. And I think to open up, we, we mentioned this yesterday, we've got to bring up Archie Miller. Um, I don't know that it's official yet, but it, it's going to happen. He's going to coach in college basketball next season. He's going to reenter the A-10 conference where he had so much success with Dayton before his stop at IU. And uh, Rhode Island has, has been a good program uh, and has had a, a history uh, making a lot of NCAA tournaments over the years. So he's going to a place that uh, will support him and has the resources, the financials, the facilities to compete in that conference. And it'll be really interesting to see um, if Archie Miller isn't a bust, if he's going to uh, be able to put something together and kind of re-energize his career. You know, you think about Tom Crean just a week or so ago fired in Georgia uh, after leaving IU. So uh, we'll see what happens with Archie Miller. I think that's going to be something interesting to follow on the side. A lot to get to here on this Friday. Welcome into the program. Uh, let's take a quick look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, I've got a couple other headlines we'll cover from the IU St. Mary's game last night. Uh, later in the hour on Fridays, we're always joined by Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We'll break down the loss last night, the worst ever NCAA loss for IU. And uh, we'll talk about, at least start to talk about, some of the big picture off-season things uh, for Mike Woodson and this team. And then in the future weeks, as the tournament comes to a close, and as recruiting really picks up, we can really dig in and we start to see movement in the roster, who's staying, who's coming, who's going. Uh, there'll be a lot of things to break down specifically about IU for next year. But we'll start that process today with Dylan a little bit later in the hour. And then, as always on Fridays, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, he'll join us. We're gearing up for a big Saturday of high school basketball. We've made it to the semi-state round. Of course, our only local entry Still alive is the Pioneers of Providence, 
as they get ready to take on a very good Eastern Hancock team on Saturday night. And uh, we'll have that game for you here on the Big X, a 6 o'clock tip-off in that contest on Saturday night. So plenty to get to. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And as always, a reminder, I think we'll get some – Maybe some negative messages today, and I I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, got some text about the U.K. loss last night uh, as well. But the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. All you got to do is get your phone out, open up a text message, type in 502-414-1450, and you can send in a question or a comment, something you uh, liked from year one about Mike Woodson and uh, his staff and this team, or maybe something from the game last night that you want to bring up or talk about. Uh, You can uh, fire a text message into the program uh, right now. Let's get into some headlines, a couple quick things from last night. Um, going through the, the game, really, on how – I mean, I know everybody listening watched the game probably very intently last night, but it looked early on like Indiana was going to continue its strong play, and the Hoosiers were really clicking offensively early and took an 18-14 lead when the uh, timeout, the media timeout, was called there at the 12-minute mark. Indiana scoring, Indiana looking good, and guess who it was early on? Uh, Jordan Geronimo, who was big in the win over Wyoming, he came in and had five quick baskets in his first two or three minutes off the bench for IU. And it looked like it was going to be a battle, but it looked like Indiana was going to be in the battle, I thought, for the duration of the game. And after that point, as the first half unwound, uh, St. Mary's just kind of slowly and methodically uh, got back in the game number one and then took control of the game going into halftime. And then we all know what uh, played out in the second half. Uh, Indiana's defense got carved up. I think it's a good way to say it by St. Mary's and uh, the Gales. Again, I said this at the top of the show, I think they're a team that I think their best finish ever has been a sweet 16 finish in the NCAA tournament. I know UCLA is good. They they were on the ropes a little last night. I think it's a St. Mary's team that could better perhaps their run uh, from a sweet 16 even further if they can get past UCLA later this weekend. But uh, standouts in the game, Jordan Geronimo, I think in the offseason, I know there's going to be a lot of discussion about Trace and Race and Xavier and who's back and who's going to test waters and who's just maybe going to graduate and move on to overseas hoops or a professional life perhaps. But I don't think there's any player more important on the offseason to watch two things, his development, number one, and also, number two, does he return? I don't think there's a reason he wouldn't. Uh, He thought about it when Mike Woodson was hired, but Jordan Geronimo, uh, again, is going to be a big, big player on this roster uh, for next season. I think we've been reminded of that. We've always known his potential is there, but uh, we have been reminded of that here the last few games with what he's been able to do for for this IU team. Also, you know, I'm curious your thoughts. Indiana's first season under Mike Woodson, I think it's a success. The record, uh, yes, there were ups and downs. Uh, yes, there were shooting woes. But overall, 
getting to the tournament, actually playing your best basketball of the season in March, whether it's at the end of the regular season, the conference tournament, and, of course, the NCAA. I thought Indiana, except for the game last night, the second half specifically last night, was playing its best basketball of the, the season the last few weeks, which has been actually refreshing to see. So I'm curious your thoughts. How do you score this season in year one of Mike Woodson? And we'll talk with Dylan uh, Wallace about that a little bit more coming up here in the next segment. Also, a few other things to mention from last night. I know it's not something that you want to hear Coach Woodson or players bring up. They didn't last night from what I saw in the post-game press conference. Uh, but St. Mary's coaches and even some of the players mentioned that they could really tell uh, in this worst-ever NCAA tournament loss for the Hoosiers that Indiana was really tired. And let's just go back and revisit the week for IU. It started, well, really, it, it began last weekend when the Hoosiers were in the middle of a very uh, heated and emotional Big Ten tournament run that ended on Saturday afternoon with a heartbreaking loss to Iowa when IU was ahead and, and looked like they were somewhat in control of that game very, very late. And then a uh, emotional day Sunday getting into the tournament, wondering, worrying, are you going to get in before the announcement finally happened? And then, of course, finding out that, you know, you're not safe until Thursday or Friday. You've got to go to Dayton, which isn't far uh, from Bloomington, but you've got to go to Dayton right away. And you've got to win a game to go not to Pittsburgh or Indianapolis or somewhere in the Midwest or the greater Midwest. You've got to go across the country to Portland, Oregon to play not a Friday game, but a reasonably early game on Thursday. And then after you win that Tuesday game in Dayton, you've got some airplane problems. Your flight, your plane gets switched. Your flight gets in later than expected. And I know we're only talking about uh, the difference of a handful of hours, but uh, when you're worn down and gassed, and I thought it definitely showed some last night. I'm never anybody that wants to talk about, oh, they're playing too many games, or, you know, these are young in-shape athletes, but I do think wear and tear and travel, it plays a role on anybody, including those that are in shape like the like the IU players. So that had to play some factor in it last night. We'll get Dylan's thoughts on that coming up here a little bit later in the hour. Uh, again, I want to mention semi-state on Saturday, Providence and a very good Eastern Hancock team, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Should be a great game. The 1A game before that features a really good North Davies team uh, from down in the Lagodi Bar Reeve area, Davies County. They will take on Jack Sindel, who is from southeastern Indiana. That should be a good game. Great crowd, I'm expecting, in Seymour on Saturday when you put the 1A and 2A crowds together there. So as, as we get to the second half of the 1A game and the Providence faithful are lining in, I'm sure Eastern Hancock will bring down a good crowd as well. It should be a really fun environment in Seymour on Saturday and uh, should be a good game. Casey Kalen and the Pioneers have been playing really good basketball. Uh, like Indiana, Providence really prides itself uh, on defense. That's been something that's been a staple for the Pioneers now for, for many, many seasons, not just under Coach Ryan Miller, uh, but a big challenge, I think, coming up for Providence on Saturday evening as well. And hard to believe in the final four of high school hoops this weekend. That's essentially uh, what the semi-state rounds are. And so Providence, the last local that we have, uh, trying to see if they can get back and kind of keep this great streak we've had uh, basically for the last number of years with uh, girls and boys. Somebody's getting to the state championship game uh, every year. We've been spoiled getting to go to Banker's Life or Gainbridge Fieldhouse, whatever you want to call it, 
in Indianapolis and broadcast a lot of those ball games. So Providence, a great chance, but they're going to have a very good opponent. If you missed the show yesterday, we had on the Eastern Hancock coach uh, to talk about the Royals. They've had a great year. Uh, good coach they have. He's got two twin sons on the team, uh, a really good roster, a big team as well. And then also on uh, Wednesday night, uh, we had Ryan Miller and some of the Providence uh, player, uh, some of the Providence media people and others on a Twitter space, and that's still available. If you follow me on Twitter at Hoosier Hills, you can go back. It was like an hour and a half conversation, getting you ready for this weekend, talking all about the Pioneers and uh, a preview of the weekend. Just a real uh, kind of an opportunity to chat long form with. Uh, uh, w- with Coach Miller and, and others, and even Justin Betts, former Pioneer, uh, joined us as well. So that was that was a lot of fun, and you can go back and catch that on Twitter. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our first guest of the day, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will be with me. Stay with us for that. We'll break down the IU game last night, and uh, we'll also get you set for the weekend as well. Stay with us. This is a Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you here on this Friday program and, uh, Sorry for some technical problems. I'm uh, out of town today, but still doing uh, the radio show. Wanted to make sure we came to you the day after the uh, IU NCAA tournament game. And, of course, a fun time here with the tournament kicking off again very soon for day two. Nothing better than these opening few days uh, of the NCAA tournament, basically wall-to-wall basketball. Texter on the Thornton's text line writes, defense wins championships but basketball has one simple rule. If you can't score, you won't beat anyone. Why can't our guys shoot, and why do they fold under pressure? If IU could shoot half as well as they play defense or their effort, they would be awesome, and uh, I agree, definitely agree with those sentiments. I think one of the biggest things this offseason is not going to be just Trace Jackson Davis and others returning or not, or who comes in the fold through the transfer portal, but I think it's going to be developing some shooters. And speaking of the transfer portal, locating some surefire shooters to come in uh, that can help this team next season right away. Because if Indiana, I, I agree completely with the texter, if Indiana had any shooting to go with defense and some of the other things, the interior presence of Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, uh, I think Indiana would be a really would have been a really really dangerous team this season. Uh, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is going to be with us here in just a moment. And he's with you now, chat. sir. All right, thank you, Doug. Uh, Dylan, great to have you with us today. I want to try to accomplish two things with you during this segment. Number one, break down a little bit about the game last night, what went wrong for the Hoosiers, but also uh, begin to turn the page to off-season mode and big picture before we get into breaking all the the intricacies down, talk about this IU team and this program as as Mike Woodson will take the reins uh, for his second season, which I think theoretically begins today with all the activity that happens uh, once the regular season, once the tournament run comes to a close. So let's talk first last night, Dylan. Um, 
I'm not sure if it was uh, tired travel. I'm not sure if it was a combination of St. Mary's maybe being better than what we thought. Uh, but Indiana in that second half played some really, really bad defense and overall really bad basketball. Yeah, I think it was just a combination of sort of everything. Um, I, I feel like every glaring issue that you know you kind of saw pop up here and there throughout the regular season, and it would just happen in certain games, certain moments. Um, it kind of just everything kind of came to the forefront last night in terms of the shooting, as as you kind of just mentioned a little bit ago. In terms of just you know not enough guys to be able to create things off the bounce, not enough guys being able to you know, defend on the wings, all that kind of stuff just kind of came to the forefront and, and it really just hurt Indiana. And, you know, I, I don't know about fatigue necessarily. I mean, I, I obviously it wasn't an ideal situation for Indiana. It's not going to be an ideal situation for Notre Dame today as they, you know, played overtime Wednesday and then went to San Diego. Um, so that, that, that's, that's unfortunate, obviously. But, I mean, Indiana started pretty well. Um, I was pretty impressed with, with their start. I mean, the first 10 minutes they were, they were playing pretty okay basketball. Um, they 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 had they held a lead for a decent amount, um, but then it just seemed like as soon as St. Mary's just hit a couple shots in a row and the lead got to like seven, um, it just seemed like Indiana just had nothing kind of to to counter it, um, and and it, it was pretty disappointing, um, especially going into halftime. You know, you're, you're only down twelve. It's it's not too bad. It's not horrible. And then you know you come out of the second half. You expect Indiana to make okay if you make a quick you know five zero run, you make it a single digit game. You know you're right back in it. And uh, I think this just kind of the fight that they didn't show was was tough to watch because this team all season has has just really fought. Um, so that was sort of the biggest disappointment was it just seemed like the fight wasn't there for whatever reason. Um, I think everyone, all the players were getting kind of frustrated at you know missed shots, foul calls, whatever it may have been. And I just think it all kind of you know mounted up on them, and they just they just couldn't respond. And it was disappointing, obviously. And and, and you know I think. You know, I think in the moment, you know, everyone can be pretty, pretty upset. Obviously, it's, it's you know the worst tournament loss in program history and all that kind of stuff. But you know, as you said, when you when you kind of when you're able to take a step back and kind of look at what they did this season, what they did in the last two weeks, um, it, it, was, it was a lot of positive to come from it, and and it also just showed you how far away Indiana still is and what needs to be addressed in the off season. So um, that's kind of that's kind of where everyone kind of is at going into, into the off season. And you know, Mike Woodson even said. Uh, some things that you know we got to get better on the wing uh, in terms of defense in terms of shooting so i mean they they know what needs to be fixed and i guess we're going to see uh, what they go to what they do to go try to fix it this offseason all right dylan i uh, i think you can count on one hand the number of times that uh, iu has won a ball game where the three point shooting was even reasonable uh last night once again three point shooting basically non-existent for this IU team as far as making three-point shots. Obviously, that's going to be a big uh, issue to talk about more in the offseason with who comes and goes and what kind of development can take place in the offseason to help improve those numbers. But once again, last night, I think if you look at issues, yeah, the defense wasn't as good as what it normally is. St. Mary's and tiredness and other factors may have played a role in that. But one thing for sure, a negative that's been consistent, three-point shooting again last night uh, did no favors for the Hoosiers out in Portland. And it's just kind of mind-boggling when you look at the stat sheet and they only attempted 10 threes and you're down 30. And I'm not saying they would have come back, you know, but, but I'm just saying when teams get down by that much, I mean, 
you want to just start shooting up threes. That's how you're going to get the most points. That's how you're going to try to at least kind of get some sort of offense or put together something. And they just they just don't even really attempt them. And that's kind of been the case over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I think the, the amazing play from Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson has just kind of made up for the lack of three-point shooting at all on this team. Not even, And just the volume is, is not even there either. It's not where it needs to be. You know, I was able to, to go to the Michigan-Colorado State game yesterday, uh, sitting, sitting and watching it in Gamebridge Fieldhouse, and Colorado State was just shooting so many three-pointers. And, you know, the, you know they got up over 30, and, you know, you, you make some, and then you make it in, in the teen amount. They made, like, you know, 12 or 13 or 15, and, you know, that's, that's, that's a good success. You know, you need to get up enough, you need to make enough, and that's just how you play in today's game. And I think just the, you know, the inability to even take a lot of threes during games um, it just says a lot about kind of who who they had, and and I mean those guys wouldn't even take you know contested semi contested shots. You know they they if a guy's coming in to close them out, you know that they're going to pass it up. They're not even confident enough to go up and shoot that. And then obviously with the fact that they can't really knock down open ones either, it was just it was just tough, and it was an issue all year long. And uh, you know they did I mean, obviously they tried to address it because they did you know they, they they tried to keep Parker Stewart here. They brought in Miller Cop who was supposed to be that. You know, they, they at least tried, but it just wasn't – those just weren't the guys who, who were good enough to do that. So, you know, we, we they need to get in – you know, I, I don't know about the freshmen, but you definitely, you're definitely right. They need to go to the transfer portal and try to find guys who are just confident shooters, who can take shots that are semi-contested and knock them down. You know, it doesn't have to be any, you know, crazy step back off the dribble stuff, but they just need to be able to knock, knock shots down. And, and that's going to be the biggest area for this team in the offseason is going to find that because that was just the biggest issue this season – um, just, you know, inability to, to make shots and inability to take the shots, too. I mean, like I said, I think the volume was one of the most worrying things. You know, they'd only get up, you know, 10, 12 threes a game over the last couple of weeks, and you're just like, man, you know, you're not going to have a good recipe for success to win games like that, especially in the, in the NCAA tournament. You can't knock down a three ball, you know. So uh, that, that was definitely the biggest issue. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of disappointed, you know, when you're down 30, you know, why are you only attempting 10 threes? You may as well just start chucking them up, you know, just for the heck of it at least. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of a weird issue with this team and uh, and, and definitely the biggest area they're going to have to fix going into the offseason. All right, one bright thing from last night, and Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. We're talking the IU loss in the uh, first round of the NCAA tournament last night. One bright spot was Jordan Geronimo. I think he played about 20 minutes last night. He had nine points, and uh, when he came into the game in the first two or three minutes he was in there, I think he had five points real quick, which really helped uh, Indiana at a key moment for at that juncture of the game look like they may be able to win this one or be in a battle with uh, St. Mary's down the stretch. When Geronimo first arrived at Indiana, I can remember – searching his name, he's not from Indiana, he's not really from the Midwest, and finding just freakish videos of his athleticism. You could tell he was a really raw player that wasn't ready to come in as a freshman and play any real meaningful minutes, but you could just tell his athleticism, his body, uh, he was an intriguing player. And I think with what he was able to accomplish this season, especially in just the last few weeks during this good run, I think we're all calling it for IU, when you think about next season, uh, beyond what Trace Jackson Davis does and maybe a few others, I'm not sure there's a more intriguing player on the roster that can contribute to IU being a tournament team year in and year out the next few years than Jordan Geronimo. Yeah, I mean, he was the, he was kind of the big story for them 
uh, the last couple games. Um, what he was able to do coming off the bench and providing that spark. I mean, he was the reason they beat Wyoming in the playing game. You know, he he was a big reason why you know they they had a, a pretty nice start to, to last night's game as well. Um, you know, he he he's just coming in and, and you know he's always on the boards. He's always trying to get tip ins, tip dunks. Um, you know, his three balls kind of fall on a little bit too. So so you know that was nice to see as well. And I mean, yeah, I remember when he committed too. You know, I was writing for Inside the Hall at the time, and I was I, you know I was able to call him up on the phone and talk to him. And you know, everyone anyone you would talk to about Jordan Geronimo was just like. You know, he, he could dunk over anybody. He can block any shot. And then, you know, just the athleticism was always there. And the big thing for him was just kind of working on his ball handling, working on getting comfortable, working on his jump shot. Um, and, you know, you, you saw him already make kind of big leaps heading into this year. And I think a lot of times during the regular season, a lot of people were like, why isn't Jordan Geronimo playing more? And, you know, part of that is probably because Race Thompson was so good. But you saw when Race Thompson struggled the last couple games, Geronimo was able to come in and, and do just fine and, and play really, really well. And those were big minutes for him, I think, toward the end of the season, some postseason minutes for him to get some experience. Because he's going to be a really big piece of this program in the next couple of years. And, uh, you know, year three, I think, is always when people can, can say, you know, you can always get a pretty big jump from year one to year two, year two to year three. And, and I think his, as his development continues, especially with, with this coaching staff, who, who obviously seems to, you know, not, not try to put any limits on players, um, it, it should be a really positive thing for him this offseason. You know, he just, he just sent out a tweet just a little bit ago about, you know, we broke barriers down this year, getting to the tournament, not, you know, ending too, too early, all that kind of stuff. But he said now the real – work begins you know referring to to the off season so i think he's locked in he, he got a taste of hey you know i i just played some really good basketball i want to build off of that um so yeah i think he's going to put in a lot of work and you know it's going to be really interesting to kind of see what he adds to his game because he can be a really big player for this team um if his shot continues to fall if he continues to be a guy that can you know clean up his defense a little bit better and guard athletic wings you know on the perimeter uh it's going to be a really exciting thing uh for him and you know, I'm excited to kind of see, you know, just kind of the jump he's able to make heading into his junior season, or I guess it could be his sophomore season, but, you know, his third year with the program, obviously. <laughs> it's hard to keep all of it straight yeah. uh, with these COVID years and transfer portals. And, man, roster management is a real thing now in, in college basketball. Uh, Dylan, l- let me ask this. Um, There's so many directions we can take uh, the beginning of this offseason conversation, but uh IU fans uh are very into it very educated fans in many cases and they all have a lot of opinions already about Mike Woodson and his coaching and I think the last couple weeks have really put a positive spin on those opinions obviously the Hoosiers getting to the tournament but uh, we're in a day and age with social media where everybody thinks they know everything about every subject and everybody's got a uh, audience and a place to sound off on uh, so how would you uh, sound off on Mike Woodson and the coaching staff in year one getting to the tournament, putting together a strong finish to the year, playing its best basketball of the season when you want to be playing it this time of year? There were sure ups and downs to get to this point, and there was sure, I thought, a big down last night in the second half against St. Mary's. But I've got to score this thing as a really good success for Mike Woodson and I'm very intrigued with where things could go from him. And I just like how the dude addresses situations. I like how he talks to the media. I like how he – I think I think we get a, a very honest Coach Woodson. I think the players obviously get a brutally honest Coach Woodson. There are always timeouts and play calls and defenses and substitutions that we could all debate and, and have chatter about. But 
how do you score things overall? Because I, I don't know the letter grade I would give him specifically. I'd have to put a little more thought into that. But overall, I think this is a good start for him. Yeah, I was driving back from Indianapolis last night. You know, someone I was with was in the car, and they were like, man, you know, was that – you know, would have been better just to not make the tournament and not have to see that loss. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, it was so important to get back into the tournament. And I don't, you know, I, I mean, they lost by 29 or whatever, and it was terrible, and it wasn't fun to watch and all that kind of stuff. But it was a lot better than everyone sitting at home and, and not Indiana, not having Indiana in the NCAA tournament, you know. Um, so I, I think it was a big – I think it was success in that in that way, you know. It was so important for this program – just to get back into the tournament. And that was what kind of everyone wanted to see, you know, heading into this season, you know, get back into the tournament and the streak against Purdue. They did that as well. That was another big thing, you know, nine straight games or whatever it was or something crazy against Purdue. And they were able to end that, Um, you know, play well in the Big Ten tournament. They haven't seen that team do that in a while. You know, they kind of, kind of broke some of those you know as well and they were able to play well in the conference tournament you know they did a lot of things that this team hasn't done in a while and that was just really important to to kind of check off some of those boxes and the biggest one was being to get back into the NCAA tournament Um, obviously I think it was kind of nice to I mean no one wanted them to be in the play-in but it was kind of nice to go see them win win a game you know in the tournament so to say Uh, that, that was kind of a good feeling for everyone and and uh, you know, just to just to see Indiana's name on on that bracket, you know, lined up against St. Mary's on Thursday, they're at prime time seven o'clock, you know, for for the game. I mean, it was just a good thing overall. Um, so I mean, the game itself was was tough to watch, and and no one's you know, it, obviously it's it's going to be the new floor for this program. It, you know, that that has to be the floor. Just get into the tournament now. Going forward, you need to build off. You know, you get you get a higher seed. You know, obviously you need to get better and be able to compete with some of these teams that you're going to face in March Madness. So um, I think it was a success just because they did the thing they needed to do. And obviously there's a lot of things you can look at, as you already mentioned, you know, there's some of the timeout situations we've talked about. And, you know, he was pretty open about it as well. He said, you know, hey, I'm used to having a lot more in the NBA. My assistants have told me, you know, I got to save a couple for the end. So, you know, they're very aware of some of the, some of the things they need to do. Um, Obviously, you know, I, I felt like Woodson did a really good job, you know, getting rid of that all bench lineup toward the toward the latter half of the season and then we kind of saw it resurface especially last night and I thought that was kind of where St. Mary started to to pick it back up a bit and I was like ah no not all not the all five bench lineup you know there's certain things like that that you know pop up in a game and obviously you know you know fans will will have quarrels with it but you know he's a good coach he knows basketball and I'm sure they'll they'll be able to fix a lot of things I'm sure once they get a little bit more of the roster they want they'll be able to do things a lot better so um, I just think in terms of what they were able to do to get back to the NCAA tournament and that three against Purdue, it was success, it was a success. And, you know, that, that loss last night's going to leave a sour taste for a little bit, and understandably so. I mean, the players certainly aren't happy about it. They didn't want their season to end last night. They they honestly thought they, they had a chance to, you know, win and, and go play UCLA on Saturday. But, you know, St. Mary's is a really good team, and they're just a, a really good disciplined team, too. They don't make a whole lot of mistakes. They run a really nice, smooth offense. They 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 play good defense. You know that you know that that team beat Gonzaga and they beat them pretty bad too. You know earlier in the regular season. Um, so you know I, I mean obviously it's going to leave sour taste, but I think you know once fans kind of step back and be like, man, that was fun just to see Indiana back in the NCAA tournament. That that run in the Big Ten tournament was enjoyable to watch. I mean that was those were three days of just really really fun basketball that this team was was playing really well at. So I think 
you know, there's those moments that fans will be able to look back on and be like, hey, this thing is actually going in the right direction. For once, we don't go into the offseason feeling like, man, what's where's the program going? Because you, you saw it kind of go in a, in a good direction this season. It didn't end the way you wanted it to, obviously. You know, it never will unless you probably end up as a national champion, you know. But uh, I, I think there's a lot of positives, and I think, you know, he did what he needed to do, which was get this team back into the NCAA tournament, and uh, that's that was the number one stepping stone. And now that, that just needs to become the floor. Like I said, it needs to become the norm, and uh, we'll see what they can do to build off that in the future. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, we've got a, up against a commercial break here, but I, I want to get one more quick question in. Uh, as expected, uh, we knew this would come as soon as Indiana was defeated in the tournament. Trace Jackson Davis in the postgame presser was asked about next season and uh, early thoughts on returning to the IU roster. And he said he was unsure he would meet with Coach Woodson. He would take a look at everything, all the standard answers that you can expect to get. Is this something – and I'm trying to think back to last year. It was more confusing because Coach Woodson had just been hired. But will we find out Trace's uh, potential to test waters, you think, right away? I've got to believe after the season he had – after the close to the season he had, uh, that he's going to, at minimum, test the waters. There's really no reason not to. I think he's absolutely going to test, and I think he should. You know, I think a lot of guys, you know, I think uh, Mike Schmitz, he's a really good, you know, ESPN analysis for, like, the, the recruiting guys in the NBA. He said, you know, one guy who improved his draft stock a lot over the Big Ten tournament was Trace Jackson Davis. And, uh, you know, I think that's good for him, and I think he should definitely go test. I also do think that, you know, there could be some, some you know, with how well he played at the end, with how much success he had against some of the Big Ten's best big guys, he might feel confident saying, hey, you know, I'm not done yet. I want to go win some games of the tournament. I want to come back. I can see that happening as well. But he's definitely going to go test the NBA waters, as he should. And hopefully he gets good feedback because it would be cool to get him in the NBA, and that would be a good thing for Woodson to, to come in and get a player drafted. You know, that would be really cool to see. So uh, hopefully whatever he decides is the best for him because uh, he, he really changed things up about how people view him the last couple of weeks, just the way he was able to put the team on his back and uh, carry them into the tournament. So uh, really, really positive for him, and uh, hopefully he gets some positive feedback from the NBA. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, will continue our conversations in off-season mode and chat again next Friday. Sounds good. Thank you. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment of the show and of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join us here in the next segment. As we go to break, I watched – uh, the Kenny Payne press conference a little bit ago and uh, the great clip of him getting off the airplane, coming down the steps to give Coach Crum a big hug. I got to tell you, it's one thing for a coach to get hired like Mike Woodson or Kenny Payne, but to see a coach come back to their alma mater uh, where there's a little struggle. Indiana's not been as good or no NCAA tournaments or UofL with all the issues that they've went through and Chris Mack leaving in the middle of the season really an emotional thing to see these guys get a chance to come back and now lead programs that they were a big part of as a player and it's just really special to see Bob Knight come around a little bit or Denny Crum to be waiting for Coach Payne at the airport just really really neat moments and was uh, great to see Kenny Payne back in Louisville I think that's a good hire and again connection there between Woodson and Payne uh, over the years with the Knicks do we see an IU Louisville series come back in the near future. Stay with us. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison 
Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday edition of the program. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star is with me. We're going to talk a little semi-state basketball here to close out the week, and we'll be over in Seymour on Saturday night. Kyle should be two great games, uh, obviously very familiar with Providence, and uh, I've learned a lot this week about Eastern Hancock. That should be a great two-way game. But I- I've said this to fans of Providence that are listening, and really anybody that's going to know a lot of people will be in Seymour just that, that love the game. Uh, should be a really good 1A game. Uh, I- I'm thinking it's going to be competitive, but I'm really interested to see North Davies. They play a, a little different style of basketball, but uh, a great program. And you can bet that that 1A game, they are going to pack them in Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. Yeah, you bet they are, I'm sure. And North Davies, I had a chance to see them play Edinburgh uh, earlier this season. And, you know, the kid named, I'm sure you know by now, Jalen Mullen, who, uh, you know, their junior guard, who really uh, kind of controls things for them. He's He uh, gets into small spaces really well, you know, real good uh, ball handler and, and, and finisher for a kid his size. And, you know, they've had a They've had a really good run, uh, you know, obviously coming out of that sectional down there is always, you know, if you can come out of there, you can probably beat anybody. And that's kind of where, you know, they're at right now. And, you know, I think, you know, Jackson Dell's a team that, you know, I, I think that obviously they're going to bring a ton of people too, I would I would guess, and that should be a really fun atmosphere. But, you know, for, for North Davies, they've, you know, survived Bar-Reeve, who's defending champs. You know, Edinburgh took them to a one-point game, you know, in, in a rematch. Edinburgh's really good. I mean, they're big and and physical and, and uh, you know, thought they had a chance. They could probably win the whole thing, too, if, if they would have won that game. But, you know, Jackson Dell's a team that, you know, they have a good solid history, too. And they I know from beating Lutheran, you know, Lutheran's a, a really a big and physical team also. So, you know, if they can handle them and Bloomfield on the same day, I mean, they I don't know. I haven't seen them in person, but, you know, obviously they're they're capable of, of being there as well. So, that yeah, that should be a great game and a great atmosphere. That may be one of the best atmospheres of, of Saturday. All right, Kyle, give us your thoughts on Providence. I, I think just because of your location uh, in Indianapolis and central Indiana, you're probably much more uh, versed on eastern Hancock than Providence. But uh, from all accounts, I mean, we know this Providence team very well, the defense that they play the little things that they do, how well Casey Kalen has been playing, a lot of senior leadership from this Providence team. But on the other side, Eastern Hancock sounds very similar, that they've got some leadership and they've got a lot of talent moving through that program right now. And I, I'm expecting uh, really a war for the right to move on to uh, Gainbridge Fieldhouse for the 2A championship. Yeah, as you, as you call here, I'm actually in the middle of finishing up a story on Eastern Hancock. So if your listeners want to read more about them, I'll have something out here later today. But you know, they uh, they are a, a team that really relies heavily on the three point shot. You know, and it, it's something that you know, and, and it's not just a, it's not just something you say. It's it's you know they put them up like few teams in the state do, and it's about 51 percent of their shots are from the three point line. Uh, but they also, you know, it's kind of a pick your poison somewhat with them too, because if you want to, 
defend the three-point line like university did on on saturday night they can attack you uh off the dribble you know they're not just standstill shooters so you, you kind of have to decide which one you kind of want to try to defend you know the south they they uh beat southmont up pretty good from the three-point line in the early game saturday university you know they're they're a very good defensive team uh they tried to defend the three-point line and and Eastern was able to drive uh, quite a bit, and they and they made I think they were six for eleven still from three, so it's not like they didn't uh, weren't able to do it at all. But you know their their top guys, Landon O'Neill. I mean he's their top scorer anyway, and 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 one of their better uh, shooters from the three point line. And then uh, Aaron Spalding, the coach's sons, uh, Jacob and Silas, are uh, sort of the ball handlers, and and they can also shoot from the three point line. And, you know, I had a chance to see them play at Pendleton Heights uh, earlier this season, a 4A team up here. And, you know, they're they're tough to stop. You know, they they just handle the ball really well and they don't uh, turn it over a lot, you know, and, and they shoot it. So, you know, they have a little bit of size. Not, not, they're not very big, though. Uh, Edric Miller, he's about six foot three, I want to say. And Grant Gray is a junior and he's kind of more of an outside player, too. But he has some size to him. And then uh, Cole Rainbolt, who's a, a good football player for them, and and also uh, uh, Cyrus Burton too. So they, they've got you know they've got a few guys with size, not not anybody who's overly tall, but you know they have some guys with some decent size at least to uh, help things in, inside. But even the guys who have size are are also good shooters. So you know it's uh, you know they really like to spread the floor. They do that well, and that's kind of the style that's, that's worked for them, and, and kind of allowed them to. Uh, to get to this point i think you know they're shooting about you know 39 percent from three and you know all of their top guys including o'neill i think is is way above 40 i think 44 45 percent so they really uh use that three-point line as a weapon all right kyle good insight on providence and eastern hancock as we close out today uh texter on the thornton's text line asked why is Indiana not going after Sean East? And uh, you're familiar with Sean from his days with Romeo. I haven't bothered Sean yet since his team was upset a couple days back in the NJCAA tournament, but I know his recruiting is exploding, and I'm going to try to catch up with him next week on this show and see. But at last report, he hadn't heard from the Hoosiers, but I know that's some wishful thinking from local hoops fans, but uh, Sean could fit in maybe with uh, what the Hoosiers need for next year. Yeah, I would agree. That, that would be intriguing. And, you know, he obviously has a uh, – can play that point guard spot, and he, that's why he's going to be really uh, a high commodity, I think, as, as the spring goes along. All right, Kyle Nedenrip with us from the Star. Kyle, enjoy semi-state basketball. We'll talk with you next Friday. All right, Matt. Thank you. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday program. I'll be with you 6 p.m. in Seymour on Saturday night with a call of the Providence Eastern Hancock semi-state game. Winner goes to the state championship. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.